Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello and welcome to the Company Watch Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning. We are recording today's episode in the morning of Tuesday, the 6th of July. Um, I suppose I'll pick up, first of all, on the war of words that continued between Andy Haldane and Andrew Bailey. I think we picked up on this um, a bit in our episode last week, but over the the remainder of the week and the weekend, there was quite some sharp differences um, that were aired in public between um, Andrew Bailey, who really thinks that we're in for a temporary base effect type rise in inflation, and Andy Haldane, who really sees this as something to be very concerned about. Um, I'm sure we'll have more um, commentary on this over the coming weeks. I think for us, the thing that we um, pick up is the impact on confidence that this has. And we all know how important business confidence is to things like business investment and therefore growth. And I think last year, when we were concerned about this, the government measures in the form of furlough, bounce back loans, business rate holidays, and so on, really helped to prop up that that confidence, that feeling that actually, you know, businesses could find a way through this. And as we're finding that these support measures are tapering off over the coming months with the specter of of rising inflation, possibly, there is concern, I think we have, that 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 could really impact confidence and have a a detrimental effect on, on growth. And I think one of the things that has come up this week that's definitely worth talking about, and Nick, you've done quite a lot of research um, into this, is something, again, that we, we picked up on in, in previous episodes on the voluntary dissolution um, procedure for, for companies to, to get themselves struck off at companies' house. And Nick, you've you found some very interesting figures um, at the first quarter of, of 2021 that are actually pretty pretty shocking. So I wonder if you could just talk us through your, your research. Right. Uh, okay. I have to say this moved my reference points and um, the, the uh, insolvency firm for whom I wrote the blog about this and did the research. There was and we'll a share sort the of... blog, Nick. I think it's it's an excellent piece. <clears throat> you've written. Ab- absolutely. Um, there was a sort of sharp intake of shocked breath at their end. So let me, let, let's, let's, uh, do the Bob Monkhouse thing for those old enough to remember, I want to tell you a story. In the first quarter of 2021, there were a record nearly 40,000 applications by companies to be struck off the register at company's house. That is a 843% rise <gasps> on the first quarter in 2020. Wow. Now, let's... Um, say, first of all, that some of these will be the normal dissolution of businesses past their sell-by date or owners or are corporate retiring. corporate reorganisations or whatever. Yeah, moving on, moving on to do mm-hmm. something different. Some of them will be businesses so badly disrupted by the pandemic that the owners are throwing in the towel before things get any worse and while they can st- still pay their bills. And we'll mm-hmm. come back to that point. However, the suspicion is growing, and it's even reached government, as we'll come on to too, that much of this huge increase in striking offs is part of an attempt either by fraudsters or by desperate businesses to avoid the massive debts that they've taken out under the government's various coronavirus support uh, loan schemes, particularly bounce-back loans. And just remember that that, um, those were made available on no-questions-asked basis from May 2020 
And they came with a government guarantee of 100% to the lender, and the lenders were not allowed to take personal guarantees as security. In fact, any security. Mm -hmm. Now, just to put this in context, the total amount of money lent under the bounce back loan scheme was £46.5 billion to 1.5 million businesses. That's 38% of all active UK companies. Average loan advance was 30,390, maximum loan was 50 grand. Mm -hmm. And again, background, uh, the OBR says 22 billion of the 46.5 billion will default. That's almost half, isn't it? Almost half. Mm. So what exactly is the cunning plan with getting your company struck off? Well, the background is a lack of scrutiny and a preposterously short time window for any unpaid creditors to object. All this process needs is a simple form filed at company's house requesting voluntary strike off. And the only thing that the company has to indicate, and it's self-reporting, mm-hmm. um, is that it fulfills all of the following four criteria. It hasn't traded or sold off any stock in the last three months. It hasn't changed its name in the last three months. It isn't threatened with liquidation. And there are no agreements like a CVA with creditors. Now, it doesn't say anything there about unpaid no, debts, does it? A, a keen eye will tell you that there's no requirement that the company should be solvent, i.e. that it can pay all its creditors, And there is also no mention on the sale of any other assets beyond the stock. Um, What then happens is Companies House publishes a notice in the London Gazette giving two months um, time uh, line for objections, at the end of which the company is struck off. It ceases to exist as a legal entity and its debts are extinguished because there is no longer anyone for creditors to pursue Mm -hmm. for payment. After that, two months, only the shareholders or the directors can apply to restore the company without having to go to court for an order. And let me tell you from my days as an active insolvency practitioner that going to court to restore a company is a bore and it's not cheap. Mm. And of course, the commercial courts aren't actually functional at the moment. So good luck doing that. Now, and presumably, enough... what is the hope of getting very much back from um, from this? Well, of course, you would only do it if you if you if if you had some reasonable idea that there was something to go after. Um, or now, the next upside in this little wheeze for the directors is if you go down this route, they can no longer be investigated by the insolvency service for their conduct, and so there are no sanctions for bad behaviour. So again, a company might, a creditor might restore a company in order to uh, pursue a, wrong, a wrongful trading or fraudulent right. trading. Mm-hmm. It, it, it might, um, but you know, put put at its most basic, this is the simply simplest possible downside free risk uh, uh, way to walk away from a business's debts. Mm. So it's no wonder that anecdotally the lenders under the bounce back loan scheme are scrabbling to check how many of their borrowers have been dormant since the loan was made. Plenty of tales about that. 
and have been struck off onto this uh, arrangement. And even then they face you know, the onerous, the time-consuming task of putting them back on the register so they can take action against the company, its officers, connected parties. In all probability, as I said, there'll be no assets and the directors mm. may even have disappeared. And their only incentive to do this, the lenders, is the risk that the government refuses to honour its guarantee because the lender's taken no recovery action. And we have no, and we, and this is yet to be tested, isn't it? What the government we, we, will we, we, expect of lenders in terms of the trying to, because they've got a 12 month period, haven't they, where the lenders have got to try and recover yes. <clears throat> outstanding loans before the government guarantee can be, can be called on. That's right. So it, it, it's, it's interesting. Now, the seriousness of this situation has prompted action by the government, which is legislating at what, by any normal standard, is breakneck speed to introduce a new procedure to deter directors from doing this. It's wonderfully snappily named the ratings brackets coronavirus and directors disqualification brackets dissolved companies bill is scheduled for a second reading in, in the Commons soon, expected to be enacted into law before the end of the summer. And the legislation gives powers to the insolvency service to investigate and disqualify the, the directors of dissolved companies. Right. Okay. But this doesn't mean that they necessarily will get any better recovery from this. No. It's purely the, the black mark against the, the director. And as we know, you know, seeing its companies are, you know, sadly all too too familiar. Yep. It's it is quite easy to to set up with a slight change of your name at Company South and not necessarily be be linked. So um, I, I, I know. And again, let's give this some financial context and you can see why the government's anxious about this. The taxpayer stands to lose an enormous amount of money from this wheeze through the government's bounce-back loan scheme guarantees. Now, we had this figure of 40,000 in Q1 of businesses who were asking for voluntary strike-off. Let's say that 30,000 of those, and I think that's low, are taking advantage of this loophole. If the average loan figure is 30,390, the government will lose 911 million pounds. Wow. In Q1. In Q1. Assuming this trend is continuing Q2 2021, and we'll see those numbers relatively soon, the size of this problem has crashed through the one billion pound mm. barrier and it's heading rapidly north. So the moral from a uh, anybody holding credit risk is you need eyes in the back of your head. You need to be on top of the gazette and keep an eye out because you just have two months to stop this thing ha yeah. happening, after which it all gets very, very difficult. And it may be even be worth having a separate portfolio, I wonder, where we, we just look at, at those alerts from the, the voluntary strike-offs, um, for example. Yep. So just kind of be aware of that that is a kind of an email alert portfolio just to... Um, to, to have those separately so you can really be be on top of those and make sure that if anything untoward comes up, yep. you're on, on top of it straight away. Um, yeah, I mean, that is quite um, quite shocking figures. And it's interesting. So I, I attended a, a credit insurer roundtable last week. And there, the, the picture from the credit insurers is actually quite different. You know, I think from, from pr practitioners who are working in companies, I think everybody is really feeling quite concerned about the number of insolvencies that we're likely to see over the coming kind of six to, to 12 months. 
the credit insurers, and I think this is this is a function, isn't it, of the of the different way they they have their risk. And obviously, they're doing a lot more um, at, at the front, so probably not taking on risks that they would consider to be um, to be unviable. But they're saying that actually they're not looking at a tsunami of insolvencies. And 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 to be fair, again, they're looking at the really big the the big risks. You know, it's the Thomas Cook type risks that really cause shockwaves to the to the credit insurers. I remember one insurer telling me, well, anything under five million, you know, that's really that's in the course of business for, for them because it's obviously spread over a number of companies. And for our our listeners who have got their own risks to their own company, you know, whereas on a macro level, it may not matter if there's a five million, 10 million loss. For you as a as a company, if that's your key key customer or supplier that has a huge huge impact so that that kind of being on top of those really critical um customer and suppliers and and making sure that your your focus on that business criticality piece is um is really important yeah and, and let's face it joe uh, you know if the principal threat uh, to the viability and survival of businesses is as i believe the bounce back loan scheme then that they're concentrated among the small uh, you know the S, the SMEs the the S end of the SME, mm. um, uh, and 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 what you uh, you know the reality is you know I've been in this game a long time you know, commenting on insolvency and business uh, rescue problems. You know, ninety five percent of all business failures are SMEs. Mm. So the trade insurers, uh, are, are no doubt from their their point of view, absolutely spot on. They're not covering that bit of the market, and that's where the problem is going to be. Yeah, indeed, I think that that is um, that's something to really, really keep an eye on and try and do as much. You know, we know that there's so much less information. In fact, I'm sorry, that's my my English is <laughs> it's getting all tied up, but there's there's so little information really for for this end of the market. And you know, we saw last year with the with the accounts filing extension. Um, that, that kind of drew this this period out even further. So, you know, getting as much information, doing some modelling um, on those critical, and you know, clearly, you're not going to be able to look at every single risk on your book, but understanding those those really critical ones, particularly, I think, on the supply chain side, um, yeah. is so so very important. Um, I quite like to, to turn now to our furlough um, data. <laughs> you've been you've been reading this, and we, we are seeing quite a, a sharp decrease, aren't we, now in the numbers of um, jobs that are, are being covered by the furlough scheme. Yes, the um, the HMRC data says 2.3 million still on furlough uh, at the end of May. The ONS labour supply data for mid June, so that's two weeks later, says that's come down to 1.7 million. Gosh, okay. But interestingly, um, the ONS data also indicated that there were almost one million fewer non-UK born workers in the labour market, which sort of confirms the numbers that I've seen and I've been banding around um, on these podcasts that, I mean, I've been talking about 1.3 million. I think that mm-hmm. figure came from um, the head of UK hospitality. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it matters not. And, and what's also interesting is that there's been a significant rise, according to the ONS, in uh, inactivity among in the workforce, among people aged between 25 and 55. So we think that may be a a function of people coming off furlough, but perhaps not being, not going on to to work, actually kind of leaving jobs possibly. Could could be. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have the data for the 
for the change for under 25s. But uh, it was, I, I, I find that interesting. So again, I mean, it's quite clear that the furlough scheme is, is running off because it'll run off even further now because now companies having to dip hands in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. for, for and, and I guess we would expect, you know, with the announcement this week, we haven't mentioned that, obviously, the, the mm. announcement yesterday about 19th of July looking like being the big unlocking um, day and, you know, restrictions apparently ending on all um, businesses. We may we may further see that that dropping off quite sharply. We will. Uh, we will see. We will see. Indeed. Let's have a look then. So we've obviously got that on the um, on the labour side. Business investment. Now, we, we talked a bit about that last week and the Bank of England um, said that business investment in Q1 2021 had fallen sharply by about 12% um, and that was already from a low base. But you had some interesting figures, didn't you, Nick, from yeah. investment in smaller um, yeah, the smaller Yes, it's of, fascinating. Business. I must say this, this sort of surprised me somewhat, um, but less so as I dug into it. This is the annual small business equity tracker survey done by the British Business Bank, Mm -hmm. uh, which was published at the back end of June. And what it showed was that equity investment in small businesses rose by 9% in 2020 to 8.8 billion. And the trend that was very large, heavily focused in the second half of 2020, unsurprisingly. Mm -hmm. But the trend has continued really strongly in Q1 21 when they've clocked uh, equity deals with SMEs at 4.5 billion. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's half of last year's. Yeah, in one quarter. In one quarter. Now, it, what they then go, and, and, and it says that quarter, by far the highest amount recorded in a single quarter ever. Not sure how, how long they've been doing this, but anyway. Um, the what you then do is they they talk there's lots of sectorial information and yes it's up but it's only in some very very narrow sectors it's in technology mm-hmm. and it's in science particularly life science. life science mm. so i mean life science in, uh, equity investment was up 70% in 2020 but um, now, here, some people listening may know exactly what I'm talking about um, here, but deep tech um, accounted for a quarter of all this investment and was up by 291% on to 2019. Um, the number of deals uh, in deep tech were up 78% to 440. And generally across the tech sector, uh, it accounted for 46% of all equity investment in SMEs. Wow. But there's a lot of this, lots of this money is future fund yep. money, isn't it? It's lots of kind of actually government type backed money. So there is that sense that this is this is not pure external investment coming into the um to the sector. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, it's it's fair to say that the British Business Bank um says that it was involved in 21% of, uh, yes. okay. of this of this activity. Uh, and I suppose the last thing to say about this is that uh, inevitably um investment dropped compared to 2019 in the obvious consumer facing sectors so retail leisure entertainment and personal services otherwise known as hair and beauty yes yeah right well nick i think that 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 pretty much doesn't it bring us to the end of our roundup for um for this week we will share the the blog that you've um you've been very kindly shared a draft with me um before we recorded and it's it's really 
a serious eye opener. So we will share that with our listeners, if you don't mind, via the um, Opus website. Um, and I think we will be back again next Tuesday. I've, I'm yes. feeling <laughs> we can tell it's summer because I think we're getting into all kinds of um, all kinds of changes with our with our schedule. But we will be back again next week. Thanks very much, Nick, um, for for guiding us through this week's topics. Thanks, Thanks everybody, for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.